You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. In the end, I worry that my arrogance shall destroy us all. All right. We're into chapter eight now. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Vin's on top of a wall, and she jumps off and fails terribly. It's uh, quite interesting there. So Vin makes the jump. We last we left the last chapter with her still pushing her way on top of the wall and Lufadel. And she's just kind of balancing herself at the top. She hasn't landed yet. She's freaking out. Kelsier's laughing at her. Like, you know, oh, you can balance yourself. It's easier to balance yourself on three points, but you can do it on one. You got this. And something he mentioned, though, which I thought was really interesting, was he says her body has been balancing itself forever. And so even though she's alimantic pushing, her body will still help her naturally balance out, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, it really kind of lends weight to this idea of, like, using the power. You know, it takes skill, but it is also, in a way, like, instinctual or innate, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um. But yeah, he helps her get on top of the wall. And he's like, we're going outside. We're going outside of the wall here. And she's like, at night, in the mist. And he's like, yep. Um, yeah, yeah, so just jump off and, you know, steel push your way down. Push a little bit before you hit the ground so you don't crash hard and you'll be all good. And Bye. And she's like, no, wait. And he's like, no, really, there's like a guard patrol coming. So bye. And he just jumps off. And uh, she jumps off with him. She screws up big time. She pushes herself away. She's about to crash into the ground and die because she's not over her anchor anymore, as they called it. And uh, Kelsier snags her out of the sky because he, before he had given her a belt with some metal in it, and he catches her out of the sky and puts her down gently. And again, he's just making fun of her. Well, he makes a point. He's like... Yeah, might as well put you in, you know, death uh, and danger while someone's around. Yeah, yeah, might as well, might as well experience it now. But yeah, um, they go off into the forest outside of the city in the mist, and Kelsier doesn't tell them where, where they're going. She asks, and he's just like, well, I got a place. We're, we're just going to be going to my place. We're going to go. And... Vin just has time to herself and she starts to think and she tries to like go through the different things she's seeing in the environment. And really she kind of says something that I think I was really thinking about at this point in the book too, which is where the heck does all the ash go? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like if it's consistently raining ash, would that not just bury everything? And Vin's like, well, I mean, we sweep it into water, so like, I guess water breaks it down. And so, I mean, I guess that makes sense a little bit. Like, well, not really. I don't know. I mean, it seems like there's uh, things like a majority of this economy is is clearing ash away. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, they she's just kind of left her own thoughts as they're walking through and she kind of like senses something she has this feeling she's like something's off and Kilser's like oh oh you feel that oh yeah i know that's probably a mist wraith what, <laughs> <She's> like, what? 
this thing. What? So the, all the legends that like Kelsier has kind of noticed and called the skull superstitious for, like apparently they're real. And he's like, yeah, it must be a miswraith. And she's like, uh, and he goes, you want to go see it? And she's like, oh, okay. Like I think finding she, out the paranormal activity demon is real and it's around, it's right around the corner. Hey, yeah, you want to go? You want to go see it? Knock, knock. Um, but yeah, Kelsier takes her back and they hide. And this thing is real. The miswraiths are real. Um, it's described as like a dark mound, and then she turns her tent on, and it's like this big bulbous beast with translucent skin that has the limbs of several different animals, including people like sprouting out randomly from it and it's just crawling along the limbs don't even seem to be functional or anything uh, and kelster explains that like oh yeah they they can reproduce and everything they can duplicate but what they do is they they they're like scavengers they they eat whatever they can find and once they do they're able to reproduce it and he's like yeah and she's like well why haven't any, why hasn't anyone killed these things why haven't they cleared them out and he goes he goes, here's my, here's my altruistic view of it, and here's my super pessimistic view of it. Uh, altruistic, they don't hurt people. He goes, he's never, he's, he's never heard of a story where they've attacked a person. He says, a, a healthy, fully done person, at least. Yeah, and so he, he's like, they, they, they're scavengers. They don't really hurt people, you know. He's like, but she's like, there's people in there. And he goes, yeah, he probably found a body. And in the world we live in it would make total sense that like they, they dumped a Scala's body somewhere or like they just didn't even bother to pick it and it probably probably found it. So that, to me, that makes sense. That's his good view of these things. He's like, the less good view is the noblemen have a great use for them. And he says no more, but I'm, I'm sure we can all assume that the noblemen love to keep the ska in their huts at night, not even have to worry that they run away because they're so afraid of these things. Or something. I mean, well, yeah, I'm not sure what he means by that. Um... But yeah, so after they kind of leave the they leave the the misting the mist wraith, they um eventually find a what's it called? A a carriage. Sorry, a carriage. And at the carriage is waiting a man by the name of Sazed, which Vin immediately recognizes as a terrorist steward. That's what she calls him. Sazed is supposedly like a very tall and lengthy man. His like arms are way too like and Vin's eyes are way too long for his body. He has he doesn't have a lot of hair. He's in robes that are just absolutely beautiful. She she makes a note of his high voice. Um and he seems to be Kelsier's servant, or at least someone who works for Kelsier, because he calls he's like, you know, welcome back, Kelsier. Where are we going? And he's like, Well, Sazed, we're going to the place and says it's like all right we'll get in i'll take you to the place and they seem to set off and we get a little bit more about kelsier and marsh's background together because Vin asks kelsier if you know is marsh the older one and he goes yeah marsh is my older brother and she asked him like well did he beat you a lot and it was, he's like no no like <laughs> What do you mean? Did he beat me? No, like we get in fights, but he's never laid a hand on me. And Vin just doesn't believe him. Like, he's like, ah, that must be why he may hates you so much because you stopped him from beating you. Yeah, yeah, you stopped him <laughs> from beating you. And he's like, no, he never wanted to. And Vin just like can't wrap it and like wrap it around her head. So it's like, you know, dang, Vin, Vin, like 
you know, we heard it's bad, but like, it must be really bad because Vin thinks abuse is the natural state of things. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of sad. But Kelsier tries to, you know, Kelsier tries to explain that like, hey, Vin, I need you to trust me. If you can't trust me, like you can't be a part of the crew. He's like, I'm not trying to push you away or anything, but if you don't trust me, you can't be a part of a crew, part of the crew. And Vin goes, he goes, I run it. There's no chance of betrayals, whatever. And ooh, Vin says something. Um, you know, he she brings up that he was abused or abused. He was betrayed, and that's how he was caught. So, what was that all about? And us being in Kelsier's head at this point, we get to see firsthand how much this shakes him. And he, in order to try to, as a last ditch effort to try to see what Vin's gonna do, he takes all the money he got from Cayman, you know, from from that, from essentially what Vin pulled in for Cayman. He takes all that money and just tosses at her and says, like, I'm not keeping you here for any reason. I'm not gonna hide information from you. I'm not going to I'm not going to try to stop you. And she goes, Well I don't I can't feed myself. And he goes, Well here's this money, you know. If you want to be here, you need to be here and you have to want to because that's how the things around here run. We trust each other and if you're gonna be here you need to trust me. And this whole time she's thinking, like, the only reason I'm going to hang out here is because he needs to teach me about the two medals that, that he didn't teach me about. And he even says, I'll teach you that and you can leave if you want to. Yeah, literally, when we get to where we're going, I will teach you those two and you can just walk away if you want. And so ultimately, she decides to stay and she claims to Kelsey that the reason she wants to stay is because she's just curious how his plan's going to turn out. Because she points out it's insane. And she openly this time, like, isn't like oh that's insane this little like she like straight up says you know you're gonna lose you know you're gonna die you know the lord ruler is gonna beat all of you why are you doing it and he's like we don't know anything and that was like his whole argument we don't know anything we can try and so she's like i'm gonna stay because i want to f- figure out how this is gonna go well they the last little bit of advice he gives her before they arrive at lord renew's manor is that we learn again that you need to burn away all the metals when you're done with burning metals for the day. And he says, if you don't, you can get really sick doing that. And he also points out and actually says out loud, oh, by the way, if the metals that you burn are also really, really off, like have almost no alimentic properties, they're just messed up in some sort of way. Oh, and by the way, if you have any, if you take any sort of metals, you burn metals that are, off in any sort of way that don't have alimentic properties it will kill you and she's like oh well that's good to know well they arrive at lord renew's place and vin is awestruck by how pretty everything is she describes how they've scrubbed the place clean of ash he has like marble white like flooring which seems pretty counterintuitive when there's basically soot everywhere but like it's completely clean they keep it completely clean and they do a fantastic job and she says that this is beautiful, but she sees Kelsier's like off about things. And she's like, why, why are you off about things? You know, are you, are you sad because it's so much waste that's built off the back of Scott's? And Kelsier's like, eh, really, it's just not beautiful. And she's like, what do you mean? And he goes, everything's brown. What do you mean? The plants are supposed to be brown. No, they're not. They're supposed to be green. And 
that's something that we talked about in our epigraph episode that and then it's like what a weirdo yeah, <laughs> you're thinking yeah. plants are going to be green why would plants be green it doesn't make any sense like so weird but yeah we t- i think we talked about it in the prologue i think we talked about it in our epigraphs episode but we discussed this idea of like it's sometimes hard to remember that like oh man everything's brown all the plants are brown yeah, yeah there, there's no color to the plants or if there is i want to say in chapter five it mentioned that there was a little bit of color to plants but it's so incredibly rare it's like a nobleman's treat mm-hmm. to have have something that isn't just brown and so they arrive lord renew comes out and vin's impressed because she says when this guy looks at me i know he's fake and it does not feel like he's faking as a nobleman like i feel just as uncomfortable around him as i do the real deal and so we get to see firsthand that whoever this is, they are doing an incredible job at impersonating Renew. An incredible job. Well, they take him inside, they feed them, Renew and Kelsier excuse themselves to talk about things, and we get our first little bit of interaction between Sacid and Vin, where we learn, again, that Sacid is what is known as a, as a terraceman steward. And apparently they're sought after by the noblemen as being like the perfect servants. They are a master class. Um, I don't, I might be wrong in this. So I apologize if I am, but like English butlers, right? It's like seen as an honorable profession. And so like this kind of is what it seems like. It's like these, the, the, these servants, it's seen as a big deal and something honorable for a lower class person to be able to expire to, it's like a high dollar as, thing yeah to it's, aspire to these standards these are like like really these are like educated well-known like high-end people yeah and Sazed, you know vin wants to talk to Sazed. he gets kind of annoyed that he's standing somewhat at attention behind her and he she tries to get him to talk to her talk to her and say get in front of me and he jokes with her by standing next to her and he just kind of messes with her and she tries to, in a roundabout way, go, I don't know how much Sazed knows, but I need to know what he's doing here. So she tries to ask in a roundabout way why he's here. And he just straight up comes out with it. He goes, are you asking why a terrorist man is a part of a rebellion to overthrow the final empire? And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> Literally, like, two sentences before that, they were like, yeah, they're the perfectly perfect servants that are completely loyal to the empire. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, not me. Yeah, and... um Another thing he notices here is that we talked about before is like with religious beliefs and everything. He straight up points out, he goes, you know, if this religious belief that uh, in the Lord ruler isn't enough for you, you know, I have plenty more I can introduce you to if you want. And he just overall is a, an interesting, a, just a really interesting person. He's supposed to be this master servant that, you know, these people, like this, this, these people, the terrorist stewards are supposed to be these perfect servants. Yet here he is perfect in skill kind of lacking or different and and i don't want to say faith but just an ideology here on what what that should be well kelsey and renew come back out they're done talking renew talks about how hey vin's not going to be a good heir for me you know he's not going to pretend to be a good heir for me it's not going to work because she you know there's too many reasons why like she's a girl that's the biggest thing I can't have a girl as an heir when I have plenty of male cousins. I can't, you know, oh, and if she's my heir and she's unmarried, it's going to pull way too much attention to her because everyone's going to want to try to get her hand and try to get a hold of the estates and stuff. So it's like, that's just a terrible idea. Let's just make her a scion of mine. She's a back backwater country rural scion, which is why she's not as educated. And I'm doing this. She's here as a favor. 
and everyone's like, agreed, agreed, great idea, and they retire for the night. Kelsier apologizes to Vin and tells her that he's sorry that he didn't include her in on the conversations and that he promises it has nothing to do with the job directly or her. It was a personal matter. Otherwise, he would have included her because she's a part of the crew and her input matters. And she's kind of thrown off by that. We end this chapter and part one with, I think, something that's very interesting to hear. Sazed being this master class in professionalism and, and this servant, Vin asks him, is Kelsier a good man? And he says, one of the best I've ever known. And that's the end of part one. And uh, just one little thing, because you did a great summary there, but there's one big thing that we missed about Alamancy is that metals that are inside your body cannot be pulled. So like Van gets worried yeah. about her earring and was like, oh, don't worry. They can't sense it. They can't pull it. And that's why they can't pull metal out of your stomach. Yep, I did miss that. But yeah, that's a big, that is a big point. Otherwise, they'd just be yanking metal right out of, right <laughs> right out of, out of you. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, I keep, I know we keep saying like lots of big things, lots of big things. It's almost like there's no such thing as a, as a small thing. But Terrasmin, so now we, we remember from the epigraph episodes, or the epigraph episode rather, um, that Terrasmin gets mentioned. So this is our first time running into a Terrasmin. Yeah. The, the terrace philosophers, right. philosophies. And I think they mentioned some like terrace Pac-Man and things like that. So people from terrace, I guess we can assume. Um, so Sazed is one of those. And you can already tell like he's different. Um, he's very different from anyone we've kind of met or run into. I don't think we've run into like very many nobles. Ooh, a big thing too is it, in the epigraphs it mentions that the terrace prophecies are what are deeming this person to be like the hero, the savior of everyone. So, yeah. And it says, like, you know, my thing is I'm here because of belief. And if mm-hmm. you hold one belief or you don't hold another belief, then you should probably, you know, figure out why. You know, if you don't like what you're holding on to, you should find something else. Yeah, and I want to say he says a good belief is something that will keep you warm and wrap you in protection while a bad belief will suffocate you. Yeah. And so he said something about, like, I think he questioned Van about, like, uh, what do you believe about the final empire? Or what do you believe about the Lord ruler? And she's kind of, she kind of takes a kind of um, sophomoric, you know, look at everything, but it's just because says it's got her where, got her where he, she, he wants her. Um, but going off of that, outside of that, um, we run into mist wraiths, uh, which I always imagined as like, I always imagine them as like somewhat glowing blue clear slime that carries a bunch of body parts. Yeah. And when I say body parts, I don't mean people parts. I mean like everything. So bones and all that stuff. And they're so terrifying if you think about it. Like you just have this ooze yep. that's going around with gelatinous cube for you D&D nerds. <laughs> that's essentially kind of what I was going through, you know, except it's moving around and uh apparently have really good sense of smell and taste but no good sen- no sense of hearing um and you can imagine that would be super scary oh yeah um and it sounds like, like you know they can mimic most things so if they got a body of someone then it could look like you know really really creepy it makes sense where these uh where the little bit of lore that we've learned about the legends where it's just like oh you know that person's a mist wraith because they'll steal your They'll steal the way you look. They'll steal your soul. It makes sense when you see that. that yeah. They literally mimic the body parts they consume. And um, it's, 
interesting that they're able to do this because i remember vin was talking about like oh are they intelligent and he's and kelsey's like well no not really because yeah not at all they basically just copy things but like they can't really like do anything with it they mm-hmm. just they just you know pick things up and try to like go through whatever forms they have yeah like none of the limbs they have the body parts they have none of those that they copied are functioning in any way shape or form so um the other thing that we kind of uh i we kind of get reiterated on is you know vin is super uncomfortable with clean things yep she, she comes in all she can talk about is how clean everything is she has no there's no soot there's no ash there's no dirt so you know kind of a consequence of where she's been but also just kind of more of an idea of like what the world is outside of these mansions and things like that you imagine like the outside of these buildings i think they said the only they have like aspen trees which those are the ones with like the trunks of the white you know things on them it's an aspen because of the way it is it, those are the, <laughs> those trees right I, maybe i'm missing my memes um um but they're even those are just like set out for like the nobles um so we got a really dirty, nasty world where green plants are super weird. And like, why would he want? It'd be like if someone walked in and be like, ah, these leaves are supposed to be blue, like bright blue. And you'd be like, what a weirdo. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that I find interesting uh, talking about Sacid again a bit is there's a, like a, there's a quote that I, it's not going to be perfect here that I remembered was um, Kelsier mentions that Sacid no longer has a master when Renew mentions like, oh, says that you can go back to serving Kelsier. And says that, or Kelsier's like, no, 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 says it doesn't have a master anymore. And says it himself responds with, a terrorist man without a master is like a soldier without a weapon. I'll be happy again to serve you, Kelsier. Yeah, so, I mean, this culture is definitely different. Definitely unique from anything that we've run into so far. The only noble person I think we've actually really, really, you know, bumped elbows with now is Renew. Mm-hmm. Um, and the we've got the Obligators, the Steel Inquisitors, the Ska, and um, now these Terrorist Men. Um, and if says uh, any kind of an indication, these are going to be pretty, these are at least a unique, you know, people. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how they piece into the whole politics of this whole plan. Hey guys, it's Matt. Thanks for listening to the Ontos Podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.